Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. Welcome to Grumpy Old Reds. And I don't know how we're all feeling. We're going to find out. But maybe we can use this as a bit of a therapy session as Forrest held 3-2 West Ham and lost 3-2. Let's get into it. Evening, everybody. Hope you are well and welcome to Grumpy Old Reds. Um, I just got something I just need to share with you guys first, though, before we get started. As as we always say on here, there are things that are way more important, <clears throat> excuse me, than football. And unfortunately, um, Dino's mother passed away on Saturday, and um, obviously it's tragic. Um, but like Dino won't be with us and that's why he wasn't with us over the weekend but I know you guys will love to kind of pass your condolence as condolences on to him so I'm going to set up a community tab <clears throat> excuse me I'm going to set up a community tab um where you guys can kind of pass your messages on and I'm sure Dino will absolutely love that and I know you guys will give him all the best and the love and support and she was a legend on the channel um she was our best striker we miss her dearly and uh you know it's it is life and and just dino and dino's family best of love from all of us and we're here if you need anything at all um i don't want to sell the note but i just kind of we're one big family here guys so i just wanted to share it with you um dino is okay for me to pass that on but yeah just wanted to uh, make sure you guys were all well aware so there are things more important than football um but we are going to talk about football with the boys. Um, Ez won't be with us because that laptop is just, well, you guys have seen the evidence of it. But we've got, we've gone better than that. We've got Crypto with us. How are you, Crypto? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not not too grumpy. Probably more grumpy with uh, Ant singing in the in the last uh, show than, than what happened in the match. But... Uh... And we got out of office Lemmy, Lemmy dedicated all the way from my motherland. You're up in Scotland, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I'm up in Scotland this week, but you uh, said, do I want to hop on uh, on this stream tonight? So I thought I'd give my two pence while I'm uh, up north, out on loan again. Uh, can't ever stay down in Nottingham. I'm constantly getting shipped out. So, Well, you, you know, from Scotland to Middlesbrough is not too far these days, mate, is it? <laughs> oh, no, it's only it's like two hours. It's fine. Whereabouts are you in Scotland? Whereabouts are you? Um, uh, place called Falkirk. 
Um, oh, so yeah. kind of slap bang between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah not better. much there, is there, mate? There's not much there, Falkirk. Hey, what's your mouth? Edinburgh. Edinburgh, mate. Edinburgh. Um, and, and, and there's a few comments saying, are you going to sing this stream? Can we just let them know that you won't be? Listen, I can sing beautifully, but I'm not going to sing beautifully for a West Ham fan. Come on, guys. Fair play to you, though. Fair play to you. If you guys didn't catch Beat the Drop and and lost his bet, and, uh, and to be got... to be fair, Ant, that that singing was actually better than your singing at the Forest matches. I was slightly <laughs> slightly worried that you put more effort into that than the singing Mulligan's hair. <laughs> you cheeky young scamp. <laughs> oh god all right let's kick into it so we're doing something different i don't know if you guys prefer it we did it on beat the drop but we've pinned the running order of the show into the comments just so you guys know what's coming up maybe some of you don't care about the first topic and we'll just tune back in in 10 minutes but um it, it's up there for you guys and uh, i just want to kick it off and uh, crypto put the agenda together so if you don't like it blame him right there gotten it already though and i can't see the pin it. Well, well you're gonna kick us off mate because um we're gonna start with cooper's formation and his selection it was an unchanged team unchanged tactics were you happy with what you saw yeah i think from from my point of view um i, I won't speak for everyone but for me i feel like i need to be fair to cooper and this is kind of what we asked for mm -hmm. and i me, as myself, said, look, if, if we try this, we try attacking football, we go for at the back, etc., etc., we're still going to lose games. And even if we lose games, then I still prefer it to what was happening before. Because there's two ways, you know, someone could argue, oh, we should have played five at the back again because we lost. But actually, there's been a progression now, um, not just with the formation, but with the team selection too. Um, and I know one of the things we'll talk about later is the substitutes, because it seems to me like he's not, you know, afraid anymore to, to make changes, which I think people are kind of expecting. Um, it looks to me like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was a Luton game. I'm not sure if it if it's pressure from the fans or coaches inside the club or whoever it may be, but it looks like he's changed tactics um, and he's showing a bit more of a kind of steel heart in, in regards to selection. Yeah. Well, what about you, Joe? Uh, Lemmy, sorry. Did you did you think it was fair? Because I think everyone was happy when we saw the team sheet. You know, the only real doubt was was Tuffalo injured because he came off, etc. But I think fair play to Cooper. He had to go with that winning team, didn't he? Yeah, and I think it's um, definitely a point kind of raising that we went with that same team that was um, everyone to a man would stand out against Aston Villa. And then to stick with that same team and then go away from home, we all kind of felt maybe he's going to go with a formation to kind of play away from home purely based on our terrible form last year. Um, mm -hmm. And then try and stick with a different formation to then go forward when we're uh, playing at home. But to go and say, no, I'm going with this exact same team and formation, regardless of whether we're playing home or away, I feel that's that's the kind of step forward that we're kind of looking for. We didn't want to have to keep on playing low blocks. So um, to stick with that same team, it really showed a lot of intent and I was really happy with that. Yeah. Would there have been any changes from you, Ant, on there? Or were you quite content with it? Listen, on this occasion, I've got absolutely no 
no problems with anything Cooper did. I think that the team, for me, was spot on. I think the tactics were spot on. Even his substitutions, he was forced into those substitutions. He didn't want to bring Aina off. He didn't want to bring... Um, come on, who else did he bring off? Taiwo off. But obviously, you know... And he obviously, he didn't want to bring Murillo off either. I Dominguez? Don't, I don't think he, huh? Dominguez? Yeah, he did exact, exactly. He did exactly the right thing at half-time. He brought yeah. Dominguez off and put Danilo on. I've got no issues with anything Steve Cooper did on Sunday. Honestly, I haven't. Yeah. It's going to be one of the earliest substitutions he's made. In, in regards and it was the correct one. I think everybody was saying, weren't they, we need to swap that. He's, he's not having a game. You know, we need it, to swap it, that. It's a more attacking mindset. Um, the the subs he brought on as well, they weren't, you know, we didn't we didn't go five at the back. He tried to actually win the game. I think his post-match interview was quite interesting because he said that for him a draw wouldn't have been enough either. So he actually mm-hmm. wanted players to go out there and win the match. And and obviously that's you know what is expected of every match is to try and win it. But I think that there's something there that's changed. Could we I tell just... you what, I, I, I really like Cooper's I really like Cooper's interview afterwards because he genuinely seemed to be angry about the yeah. mistakes we made. And that's what we need to see. I don't want to hear all this, we're gonna learn from this, we're gonna work hard on the training ground. I want to see him say that was bad and we need to put that right. And he pretty much did that. I, I was quite stunned by his interview. Maybe he's grown up here. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one because I am disappointed. What I'm not disappointed in is the legend JB, who's become a member. Thank you so much, JB. Appreciate you, bro. And Jack with the seven months as well. But I don't mind managers getting it right and the result not coming on the pitch. Yeah. I will criticize Cooper. I have no problem. I'm not scared to criticize Cooper, unlike some people. Um, but I can't criticize the team selection. I can't really criticize the um, the application on the pitch. But where it went wrong, boys, was these individual errors. Yeah. These individual errors yeah. just keep happening. And and I gotta say, this is annoying me because it's I'm hearing the same excuses again. And I'm aiming this at the players now. There's been a lot of times, well, if we hadn't made this mistake, we would have won. If this hadn't happened, we would have won. Yeah, but it did happen. And the problem is it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And that's the bit that's frustrating me a lot in it. And it's like, how do you how do you cut these mistakes out? Is it a coaching thing? More so, you know, on the training ground. Is it the players lacking in concentration? Or is it is it something else, Joe? Where, where, where would you put this one down to? Because there was a few mistakes yesterday. I feel it falls down to a couple of things, really. I mean, the two corners that we concede in the second half, that has to really sit with coaching because that's just teaching mm-hmm. players on the pitch, right, this is who's man-marking. And you could probably say the way that that fell down is if, I mean, if we're watching it back, the two players who've won the ball for West Ham to score those goals, they were technically being marked by subs. So did they know who they were supposed to be picking up? Were they prepped for that going into the game? Maybe not, but to scoring, conceding two corners in a single game is that's not good enough, and that has to be on the training pitch. You have to know who you're supposed to be picking up and how to deal with that. Uh, in terms of the first goal, that kind of just seemed like a freak accident from Dominguez, which is really unfortunate. Um, yeah. As soon as that happened, 
um, give like 10 minutes after that, we settled into the game. And it was at that point we kind of realised, right, we don't have to treat this like the away games like last season where we have to be afraid and be really conservative. Um, we can actually go out and try and play football. And that's what they did. But uh, I feel like it was just that settling down period right at the beginning that just had it. That, that is a pure error from Dominguez. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be beating himself up about that for weeks on end. But that that's something that you can't really teach that. That's just going to be... He's, that's just settling into the game that's cost him there but the two corners is what's killed us yeah and you're nodding away there you agreeing with it let me say yeah I, I, yeah I agree with everything that let me say that the the mistake that's not a coaching thing is it you know players make mistakes sometimes they get punished sometimes they don't get punished you know that could have easily have bounced off the back of Sangari's leg and gone to a forest player it's just one of those mm. things mm. The corners, however, that can be down to coaching because obviously teams spend a lot of time coaching, defending corners, and it doesn't look like it, but I suppose taking corners as well. I think you're absolutely right. The subs came on and, and they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they were dreadful, dreadful goals to concede from the corners. I mean, so elementary. I mean, Bowen's probably one of the smallest players on the pitch, and he was free. He was free in the middle to put five eight. In. He's taller yeah, than he's shorter eight. than his. He's shorter yeah. than his. No, it can't be. Nobody's shorter than his. <laughs> um, <laughs> so something went wrong there. Now, whether that's down to the players not listening to instructions, it's very difficult. See? It's, it's very easy to blame coaching staff. Oh, he didn't. He should have done that. If he's been told to do that and he doesn't do that, I don't think you can really blame the coaching staff in that respect. So that 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 needs to be sorted out within the club, whether it's you should have we told you to do that and you didn't, or hey Gaff, you didn't tell me who to mark. You know what I mean? It's a big the it, you know, on that one, and they did ask him that. Colin actually asked a question. I think it was Colin doing the interview. It might not have been because it's a direct question. But Cooper said they knew who they were meant to be marking. So yeah. Uh, well, there you go there. So that that you put down to players, don't you? Not obeying mm. instructions. And if that's the case, then, you know, rollickings need to take place at the training ground, obviously. I, if we concede goals like that again, I should be really annoyed because, you know, they did it twice in one game. They shouldn't be doing that again. And if somebody does that, they should be hooked. You know, if somebody doesn't mark who they're meant to mark at a corner, get them off. I don't care who you bring on. You know what I mean? Because if they're not going to yeah. obey instructions, they're not part of the team. Yeah. Um, Brandon is saying, I, I have to disagree, guys. I'm sorry, but uh, while the performance was... I'm sorry, but... The while, whole performance. The whole performance. Which, that threw me. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> um, when was the last time we had two wins on the bounce? I get what you're saying. I mean, we're going to get into... Don't get me wrong here. I'm not going to speak on it. I'm frustrated because I thought West Ham weren't great at all. At all, most teams who score in the first few minutes, yes, it was a mistake. You would expect them at home to then apply the pressure. For me, that first half was quite dull, to be honest, but we stayed in on it. And then we got the goal at the right time, and then we kicked on into the second half. But we will come on to debate that in a second. Where don't say sorry, you're fully entitled to your opinion. Um, but on on the on the corners, um, crypto. Something I noticed, I was sad enough to slow it down and watch it on the replays. I don't think we're learning because I'll probably do a video on it sometime this week. 
when you actually freeze frame from looking at the goal so you can see all the players in front of you, every single player to a man, apart from Danilo, was watching yeah. the corner. They were watching the ball for it to come in. And then when the movement happened, that's when Bolly lost his man. That's when I think Aurier ended up marking Bolly at one point. And then suddenly the ball comes in and it's all panic. It reminded me a lot of the, I don't even remember back to the Fulham game last season at the City Ground, where they scored two corners as well. And it was a mess of who's marking who, a bit of ball watching and what have you. Yeah. And it's like, I do agree. Some of this needs to go on the coaches who should be rollicking them. Yes, they're not the same players playing yesterday that played against Fulham, but it's the elementary stuff, isn't it, Crypto? Like, get the basics right. And then the other thing I want to ask you as well is that people in the chat yesterday were saying, why haven't we got men on the posts? Because if there is a man on the post, if the defending is going to be so lackluster, I know a lot of teams don't do it now, but would you have put a man on the post? Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, we've got plenty of tall players who can go on the post. I mean, they'd have to, you know, jump a few feet and they'd easily knock it away. I mean, it, it does annoy me. I mean, as you guys know, I um, I did actually ask Stephen Reid this question a few weeks ago and his very words were, we're not good at set pieces. Well, you know, that was two or three weeks ago and the same things same things happened today. Um, obviously, that was the, the Luton match reference um, and also Liverpool. Just back to the mistakes, just from another mm. angle, I think that one of the things that has to do with it is our possession. We hardly ever have the most possession in a match. Yeah. So whether we're low blocking or whether we're playing attacking football, if we're hovering around you know, 30% possession, there's still that constant pressure and mistakes will happen. You know, you can't really help mistakes, but it, it's almost like panic. The example I'll give is Aini yesterday. He headed the ball back across the goal. I mean, you know, two inches down and it would have been in the back of the net. That to me is kind of like a, a panic pass. Um, and I think that's brought on by the constant pressure. We need to try and control the game a bit more. And by doing that, we need to we need to control the possession. Um, but yeah, look, the, 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 free, the free kicks and the set pieces, I'm, I'm presuming Cooper said to them before the match yesterday, by the way, James Ward-Prowse is playing. So... Don't try and give away too many uh, corners and free kicks. Um, you know, that, that should have been one of their main aims. He, he, he's probably one of their main threats. And we should have tried to, to nullify that. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it, Anne? It's, like, it's almost like we gave away too many corners. The reason I'm coming to you, Anne, is because I know you are anti-corners. I think there was a stat that you threw up a few weeks ago saying only like 0.3%. Yeah, less than three from corners. Yeah, yesterday, 66% came against yeah, us yeah. from corners, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, so that's less than three goals out of every 100 corners taken. So it's not actually a great source of goal scoring. But when you defend like that, you're likely to get 80 out of 100. You know what I mean? It's, that's nothing to do with... And, and also, there aren't many corner takers like Ward-Prowse. Uh, yep. I mean, look... We're going to go on to NGW, but if you compare our corners with them, mm. they're going yeah. to score more corners than us. You know, I think West Ham, I think the majority of their goals this season have come from dead balls because they've got a dead ball specialist. Specialist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, there's not much I can say to defend that. I mean, I was watching a couple of games, other games where 
one team had 11 corners, no goals. Another team had 13 corners, no goals. You know what I mean? Normally, you don't score a lot of goals from corners. Yeah. But when you've got a set-piece taker like Ward-Prowse and you've got defences defending like we did, then yeah, great. Corners are brilliant. You know, if we had Ward-Prowse, I'd probably have a different opinion about corners. You know? <laughs> um, and that yeah, would, it's all, let, Let's face it. I thought the performance yesterday in general was okay. I thought that we, when we went ahead, I think we should have won. We should have capitalised on that. And look, we did have our best defender in Murillo taken off with injury. We did have, um, I've forgotten the other bloody defender now we got taken off. Aina, our other best defender. We had both our best defenders taken off and our, our only striker in reality taken off. That's going, you know, to affect, that's going to affect things. And I think it did affect things. I think it did. But um, he was on for the first corner. Murillo was, I think, partially yeah, 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 yeah. you know, jumped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. But I'm just talking about in general. You know, I mean, if you've not got Murillo back there, you've not got mm. the, the going forward. Murillo's not that tall, though, is he? He's not. No, he's not. not. He's good no, at heading, but he's not. Yeah. What, know, he can, what, what he can do is what most defenders do, and that is body. Get your body in there. That, that's yeah. how defenders that aren't six foot four defend. And there's lots of great defenders who work with their body. You actually look at headers from corners and, and even general play. Most of them come off the shoulder or something or the side of the head. You know, there's not many four-headed goals. And that's because the defenders are getting in there and putting them off. And that's what he is good at. But yesterday was not good. Was not good. And, you know, on the Tyro point, I think, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I think we desperately need a, a, a backup striker who can keep up with the play style. Because one, Tyro, Tyro can't finish many games. Uh, there's been a few, but most of the times he goes off after the 70th yeah. minute. The problem is Tyro has a play style where he can keep it with a Langer, he can keep it with Morgan Gibbs-White. When you put Chris Wood on, you need wingers who are going to cross yeah. the ball in. And Chris Wood, I know he gets some um, criticism, but it's not. there's no one to play with him when Chris Wood comes on because that's when you need you know, a Langer swapping, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and putting balls into the box. And it's like that, he, 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 he as a striker doesn't fit the rest of our front three. Yeah, and you're right. If, if you look at our, our wingers, in inverted commas, you've got one on the left in Ilanga that I'm afraid his end product needs tidying up. He doesn't always know when to pass mm. and how to pass. And mm. we've got one on the right that is only interested in kicking the ball into the stands. So how the hell are you supposed to score? I don't know, because he certainly ain't going to run from the halfway line and score, I can tell you that. Yeah. Joe, do you take that point that crypto's making about when we bring on Chris Wood, should we be almost changing the shape of the dynamics of the front three players rather because they're, they're di- he's right, isn't he? There's different strengths and weaknesses to him versus Tywo. Yeah, it's definitely right that there's different strengths and weaknesses. But unfortunately, if we're kind of forced into a position where we're having to replace a striker for a striker, it's going to be in a position where we're either fighting tooth and nail to try and scrape a win out of a game where we're drawing or try and cling on to a result where we think that we're going to probably end up we're in a losing position we've got to try and get a goal back so changing one player to then change the entire system we've got to then be in full uh, process management to think right these are the possible situations we're going to be in and if you then got to bring take Tyro out for Chris Wood you've then got to think about the entire setup and cross the pitch and think about other subs that you've then got to make to be able to accommodate that change. So it's just difficult not having a like-for-like swap that we're able to have with someone 
because Tyro is definitely our number one striker and he's going to be for the rest of the season, seasons to come. We just need someone who's able to play like Tyro, really, to be able to bring on as our substitute because having Chris Wood and Origi as the options to replace him is not nowhere near like for like. You've got to change your entire setup and everyone's got to change their entire different style of play to then accommodate for that one substitution. So it's almost like trying to make three or four subs just to then make that one up top. Yeah. You know, Lemmy, would you would you not think that Origi would be a closer profile fit to Taiwo over Chris Wood? There's no dig at Chris Wood. I'm not his, I'm not a fan of Chris Wood, but and, and to be honest, I haven't been massively impressed by Origi. But in terms of not having to change that style, then could Origi do that Taiwo role a little better? And chat, what do you think as well? And make sure you've hit the like. There's only 50 likes and like 250 of you in here. But you see what I'm saying, Lemmy? Would that make more sense? Possibly, but again, we, I mean, we've only had Origi in for a few games and he's had an injury and he's looked completely out of fitness. So if you're then making that as a like-for-like, like, it's a significant downgrade then, whereas I know that we're all kind of, well, not all, I'm mainly aiming this at you, Wolfie, but we all have uh, our criticisms of Chris Wood. But when he has come on or started a game, he has, this season specifically, he has kind of proven some of the doubt is wrong. So, Steve yeah. Cooper's always going to look at him now as his replacement as someone who's going to be able to possibly bag us something because he's already got three goals this season. So uh, that, that's just always going to be his swap now until we get someone, hopefully in January, that's going to be a better option for us to be able to have for a substitution. You see, what 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 I think is, I think the team is built around Morgan Gibbs-White. Um, mm. and him being yeah, I agree. Captain, I think proves that. The thing is with Morgan Gibbs-White is he's better through the middle, but he's kind yeah. of being played as a winger at the moment, which I don't really think is his style. What I would do is build the team around the striker, but if you were to build the team around Tywo, for example, your backup striker would have to be a similar style. You wouldn't be able to have a completely different style of striker because then there'd be no point building a, a team around it. Mm-hmm. Ideally, no. ideally, you don't want to build your team around any one player because if that player is no longer there, you're uh, in trouble. Um, yeah, I've had a weird thought. I don't know. I don't know how realistic this is. If you're if you're away from home and you, you're drawing two two with ten fifteen minutes to go, if you're bringing Chris Wood on, would it make any sense at all to bring Morgan in, play Chris Wood on his own, bring Morgan in to? A number ten position, and then yeah. use Danilo as the as the like the supporting forward, if you like. From and you got no width, man. You got no width. I know. Got no, yeah, I know. That's why I said. That's why I specifically said if you're two all away from home with ten. Oh, you're just minutes blocking out home. the middle. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. So and yeah. Then if you do get a break, you've got Morgan that can create, and you've got Danilo that can either create or make that second striker. I don't, I don't then, know. I'm just, you know. The danger of that is you're kind of inviting a lot of pressure on. And then, as we've seen, whenever we kind of lose the ball or we win the ball in our back third, we we kind of would need the width then to try and spread the ball out to then yeah. create something. Whereas if we've got no width in the attack at the first place, we're just going to be hoofing it and then giving them the ball straight back. And we've seen how that happened no, no, last year. Where... You, you, can play it, you don't have to hoof it. You can play it through midfield. I mean, you don't have to hoof it. Yeah, but we Not... do hoof it. That's the we thing. do fit. Well, I could yeah. look, I could retaliate and say, well, we played wide yesterday and still lost. You know what I mean? So we still invited pressure on. 
<laughs> we still hoofed it a bit. But yeah, it, it kind of comes back to what you've been saying, Ben, about... And I, I poo-pooed you at the time when you said it about the recruitment and that you think we should have got more wide slash attacking players rather than over-invest into the future of the defence. And yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you and I kind of... I'm starting to agree with you because even the options off the bench yesterday, attacking-wise, you had Origi and Wood, both number nines, and then no real other option. It's really. Yeah, it's just it's such a different style to Taiwo. Like I think it was Lemmy said, like if you bring Chris Wood on, all of a sudden that whole front line kind of doesn't work, and you can't replace yep. your whole front line. Which is why I think they needed to recruit someone who was similar to Taiwo in style. And I know I understand Anton's point about not building a team around a certain person, but if you do build a team around a striker, I mean the idea of the game is to score goals, otherwise you can't win. You know, mm. if you don't score goals, you can't physically win the game. Um and you know, when we're when we're trying to come back like we were yesterday, it it is it's probably a struggle for Chris Wood because you know, it's just he's not getting the deliveries that, that he needs. Um, even, I know we're going to talk about this, even on set pieces where he, again, would be good, he's good at heading, the, the, the chances aren't being created because Morgan gives White's either putting them at the front post or he's putting them into row Z. Yeah, I think I think I think basically for me, Chris Wood is a number three striker. He's a guy that you bring on if you need a goal in the last fifteen minutes and you're bombing the balls in the box. He's the kind of guy that fills in, you know, now and again. We need a proper backup for Tyro. I think I think we all yeah. agree on yeah. that. Either yeah. a backup for Tyro or, or better than Tyro. You know, that's Chris Wood's got Chris Wood hasn't got pace, so he can't keep up with the languor. Yeah. It's a useful guy to have in your squad because he can score goals. We've seen that. So yeah, he's, he's a good yeah. When necessary, bring him on. But as a starting or a, a change for Taiwo, I think yeah. we all agree he's not really ideal. Yeah, yeah. As a second striker to bring on in place of a defender or a midfielder if you're chasing a game, but not yeah. a like-for-like -like swap when you've got to take Taiwo off. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's some interesting things here. I mean, Castro conceded two goals from two corners. I was just looking at the stats. We actually gave nine corners away, which is a lot especially with JWP in that team. And again, like you, you would expect the instruction, I assume would have come saying, don't give away corners, like try and punt it out for a throw-in. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm sure it yeah. was. I'm sure it was. I think Nine he said it in his post-match interview. I'm sure he mentioned something about, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a direct threat. Um, it was funny yesterday, actually, because I was watching it with my, my parents. So me and my dad are sat on the edge of my seat. And my mum sat there, who does knows. Wait, you and your dad are sat on the edge of your seat. Hey, couldn't you so, go uh, seat each? So, so, three, so like a three-seat sofa. Me and my dad sat on the end. My mum sat in the middle. Got no idea what's happening. Like Bowen goes through to score. Oh, he deserved that. He got tackled a few minutes ago. I was, I was, I was wanting to cry. It was, <laughs> it was just a nightmare. Can, right, I well, just, can I just, can I just go yeah. back to to a point you made earlier? When I was not that much younger, but a fair bit younger, I used, to, I used to think to myself, managers should be sacked if they don't have players on the post. Because the amount, because every time you see it, no, not every time. I would say the majority of times you see goals scored from corners, they're in the corner. And I always think if there's a bloke standing there, because then the goalkeeper's got that middle bit to look after and you've got a player on each side. Now, 
I heard that the reason is, well, you're taking two men out the middle. Sometimes there's too bloody many men in the bloody middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're getting each other's way. That happened a little bit on Sunday. And I've always said, if you have a man on each post, the goal looks after the middle, it's a lot more difficult to score. I've never understood that, but obviously I'm on my own because no manager does it these days. No, but and you, you do have a point. I know you're kind of making it simplistic because the the what changed about four years ago was they would have one man on the post instead yeah, of two. Did, it like yeah. reduced, and now it's gone to no men on the post, yeah. which is weird. I still train. You look it how many men... goals go in those spaces? Exactly. With my under 13s, I hate to hop back at them, but I put a man on each post because in under 30, you don't know the kids' names that you're playing on the other end. Yeah. It's, it's a complete, it's like flies to shit in that box with the kids. Yeah. So you think you just protect yourself as insurance policy. And like, if you see a 13 year olds this high and now they're playing full size goals, you need men on the post, man. It's a big goal. Right. So I get what you're saying, but there must be a reason why they're not doing it because it's it's across the board in most cases. You know, isn't what? It? Yeah, you know what? We used to have Des Little as one of them, and I can't remember who took the other post, but there were little guys. And again, I used to think, why are you getting little guys on there? And the answer was because we want the big guys in the middle editing it away. Yeah. Mm. But the trouble is, if those big guys in the middle don't edit in the way, you've got your two smallest players on the on the post. Yeah. It... And I was a young lad. But as you say corners shouldn't shouldn't create that many goals but i know we've got dominguez versus danilo next but i just as this will link in nicely um black Ademus and turner um because something a lot of the chat was saying about black Ademus yesterday is he wasn't coming out for any of these crosses he was quite firm on his line yeah. he missed um, a punch as well yeah, go, go yeah on, well please. the reason for that is i, I was Please just punch with Black Ademus yesterday. I felt comfortable. His kicking was good. I, you know, he was quite secure when he made his, you know, bog standard saves. You know what I mean? And the reason I think, and I kind of get it, is because yesterday, as you know, from corners, every player was in that box. And for a goalkeeper to come out, it's so difficult. Everybody says, oh, why don't the goalkeeper come out? And that? It, you know, if you've got, these lads are big, hard lads. And if you've got like, eight players in front of you, it's really difficult to get out to that ball. So the only option you have is to stay and rely on your defenders. I think that that's a tactic. You stay, rely on your defenders. And if Felipe was in there, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And that's how it works, that you can't get through that mass of players. Did you, did you see yesterday? It was ridiculous. Yeah, but I know I'm being simplistic. Why doesn't the goalkeeper start? somewhere closer to a six yard line than me you know what i'm saying on the corner because it's then not people like would block then people would block him and he wouldn't be able to get back onto his line and then it turns into a foul but the no, question is more likely to come in a foul you huh? can block without it being a foul if you're standing there you're not fouling you're just blocking you're not standing you're not like Mate, physically I, blocking keepers are way away. protected there any anyone you know if you flick them it's a, it's a free kick I get point. yeah but, um, you know, someone in the chat just said, yeah, he doesn't come out, but um, nor did Turner. I mean, Joe, are you happy with Lacademus? Now we've seen him for a couple of games. Let's do this kind of comparison and chat. You guys as well. In fact, we'll do a poll on this one. Let me, what are you thinking now? Two games from Lacademus, we've seen six or seven from Turner. Who, who in your eyes should hold the gloves? I'd say still Vlacodimos. Um I mean... It's fair enough saying, yeah, he's not come out and kind of punched any of the balls, but 
last week against Aston Villa, who was pretty prominent at coming out for corners and crosses and punching the ball out. I just think maybe this week, if the box is overly congested, if he knows that it's James Ward-Prowse on those corners, so regardless of where he goes, he knows that he's going to be able to dodge him because he is a dead ball specialist. Mm. He just has to sit on his line and see if anything comes his way. Then that's the best way that he's going to stop it. So that might have been the game plan going into that. But last week, he had no problems with dealing with those. Didn't catch as many as I'd like, but he definitely punched them outside the box. So I feel Vlacadimos is just more of a, He's more of a leader, more of a presence in that box. He commands that defensive line a bit better. So unless he makes a couple of howlers, that's then the opening to then swap it over again if it does come to that. But that's kind of what got him into that role going into the Villa game was because Turner made a couple of bad errors leading up to that game. So I, I feel currently it is Vlacadimas currently comfortably holds that number one spot. Um, it, it kind of seems more like that and Turner's just going to be playing number two. Uh, maybe if FA, FA Cup games start coming around, Turner then get more chances to start playing again. But I think it's Black Demos is number one. Yeah, what are you saying, Crypto? After you've seen a couple of games now? Yeah, I, I'd keep him in. I think he, I think his reactions are really good. Um, there was a few shots yesterday where I wouldn't have actually expected him to make a save and he did. Um so you know he hasn't he hasn't made any massive mistakes. I think he commands the commands the box quite well. There was one point I wanted to make. The reason we beat Villa is because we played against their weakness. They play a high line. We kick mm. the ball over the top. We score. But um, the match yesterday, it's almost like we played to their strengths. Their strengths are uh, set pieces, and we played to that. Whereas in the Villa match, we played against their weakness. And yeah. I think the plan will have been from Cooper to do that, but the players just didn't put it into into action. Yeah. What do you recommend, Vlack or Turn? Yeah, yeah, like I say, I feel I feel. You know, with Turner, I wanted him to succeed. I really did, but I always felt nervous with him. Mm. I don't know whether that's because I wanted him to succeed, but I always felt nervous with Vlacadimos. I don't. I feel quite secure and. That's so important, particularly for the defence, to have confidence in their goalkeeper. I think his kicking's a lot better, if I'm honest. Vlacadimus, I think it's a lot better. His throwing was next level yesterday. Throwing was superb. He set up, I, I honestly believe he set up more attacks yesterday than, than Chris Turner. Chris Turner? Is it Chris Turner? I've forgotten his bloody name. He's gone already out of my <laughs> mind. Turner. Turner has all season. I think, he, yeah. I, I think he set up more attacks in one game than Turner has all of season. And that's that's important because we have got pace. We have got pace going forward. So, yeah, for me, I've got no doubt at the moment it's Blackademus. Yeah. Well, according to the chat, 92% of you are backing Blackademus. 8% have gone for Matt Turner on that one. So that's quite interesting. And <laughs> and I wouldn't, would anyone have put him at fault at all for any of the goals? I thought maybe the third one he could have done a bit more on, but. Outside of that, they were decent finishes. Nah. I mean, probably, but go on, Nemi. No, that Suchek header was right in the bottom corner after watching it. it. If you had someone on the post, that's just getting booted out. But it, it was genuinely right in that bottom corner. So if he saves that, that, that looks brilliant on a replay if he gets a glove to that. Yeah, but you, yeah. know why, you know why they don't have anyone on the post? is because every single uh, corner that Forrest take, Ant's there shouting, you'll never score from a corner. 
<laughs> Every single You're right. I, I, I did. You must You're have right. said it about ten times last game. Yeah, again, again, yeah, against Villa. Every time they go a corner, yeah. and I'm like, oh shit! Yeah. I think, yeah, what don't are you worry about it's a corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, switch to oh, the next. By the way, topic. sorry, sorry. By, by the way, Blackademus, I thought That's it came out really well with that. Wirena gave the ball away. Yeah. Yeah, I he was really quick out. out. I thought, I thought, yeah, his reactions. Out. I think his reactions are quicker than Turner's. Yeah, yeah. I just still don't like short sleeve goalkeeper tops. It just the elbows must go. But okay, um, Dominguez and Danilo. This is an interesting one. It's something we've talked about before, and a lot of people have said that they probably are fighting for the same shirt number, same position on the pitch. Um, now, Dominguez obviously made the mistake to start with. It was a terrible mistake. It was horrific. You can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to whip it out wide to um, Anar and completely fluffed it up. But the problem for me, Crypto, is that he didn't then recover from that. And his yeah. performance for the rest of the half, it was completely out of sorts. Now, the talk is he got a bollocking at halftime. Apparently, I don't know how true these rumors are. I've seen a few reports on it that Cooper did lace into him a bit. I don't know if I quite agree with that after one mistake, but you have to say if that was a Joe Worrell that had made that mistake and I pick him specifically for you, Crypto, you'd yeah. have been up in arms. So is it is it right that Cooper really dug him out? If the reports are true, I don't know if they are or not. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with it. I think, you know, when players are competing for their um, spot, the way I would do it is you play until you have a bad game. Um, I know Cooper said when Turner made a mistake, he was short-sighted to change him for just for that. And apparently there's another reason to bring Vlack in. But I'd argue against it because you've got to give the players a reason that you know somebody else is going ahead of them. And I think the best reason to give them is, well, if they're more informed than you, then you should try to, to get in that get back in that form. Um you know, you can't you can't please everybody. We've we've got a good squad at the end of the day, and we've got some good subs who can come off the bench. But I think you've got to play the people who are in form. And Cooper mentioned that Danilo was looking good in training. Obviously, he's looked good in in matches, especially at the end of last season. So if Dominguez's head is not in the game, and psychologically it probably will have gone as soon as he made that mistake, then yeah, I, I'm you know, I'm happy that Cooper took took it on to make the uh, substitution as soon as he did. Um, because if he carried on out of form for the next 20 or 30 minutes, again, it could have just cost us more goals. Mm. Um, and um, the saying, Gary Baldi's saying here, um, and he is right, apparently he was ill this week. But that yeah, being yeah. the case, should, should he have started at all? I know it's hindsight and everything, but... Yeah, well, you're right. It is hindsight. I mean... It's very difficult when a player's been ill rather than injured because, mm. you know, it takes it out of you in a different way, doesn't it? Mm. Let's try and put that to the side because we don't yeah. know how we cover it. Yeah. Now, you know me, I'm, I'm a little bit old-fashioned, I suppose you could call it, if some people want to. If a player makes a mistake, yes, bollock him. Bollock him. None of his arm around it, or oh, never mind, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. To be a professional footballer, particularly in the Premier League, you've got to be hard. You've got to be hard in your body and you've got to be hard in your mind. If a little telling off is going to make you go all weepy and want to go home, then we don't want you, right? Dominguez knows he made that mistake. It was unlucky, but it was a mistake. It cost us a goal. He knows that. He's got to now think to himself, yep, 
Steve or Coop or whatever. Yeah, okay, I accept it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do better. Now, what it has done, I think that Cooper's been itching to get Danilo back, and I'm really glad he likes Danilo. And I think what it's done is it gave him a chance to put Danilo on and say, right, let's see. And for my money, he made a difference when he came on. I thought he was really, really good. I could see sparks of the old Danilo back there. Mm. So the next match, for me, I love Dominguez. I have praised him and I love him. But for me, the next match, I'm sorry, Dominguez, you made a mistake. You cost us a goal. We brought a player in at half-time. He made a good impact. He looked full of life, full of running, full of full of fitness. He's playing the next game. And in yeah. the next game, if Danilo makes a mistake, off you come, Dominguez. You, I don't know if I agree with that. That's all right. I don't care. I, 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 agree. I agree with on, that. Man. I think you've got to, it, it, like, like I just said, you know, if you're having a good game, then you keep your position. If you make a mistake, then, then you're gone. Yeah. He's done it with other players. Um, and I think I think that's the only way to do it because otherwise you've got to try and talk them out of playing in that position. You know, you can't you can't go to Dominguez and say, right, Danilo's starting because he's better than you. But you can go to Dominguez and say, you've made a mistake, so now it's Danilo's turn to prove himself. And if he makes a mistake, then you best be doing well in training to make sure that you're going to be picked to replace him. Because they've and got that, effort, not just in train not in the match, but in training to prove that they want that that position. Um I can't remember what match it was, but there was a match where, you know, Yates kind of won. Can, can you remember when we made all those signings? Yates and Worrell had some of their best games ever because they were fighting for their position. They know, oh, you know, we've bought two or three centre-backs. They were fighting for their position, that Chelsea game with Worrell and McKenna. Um, that You know, they have the desire to try and win that position. And I think you've got to keep that within the squad. Otherwise, if people just think, Let's take Morgan Morgan Gibbs-White, for example. He's the captain. He's Morgan Gibbs-White. I'm going to play every game. I'd drop him. I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. But I'd, yeah. I'd drop him. I'd, I'd prove a point and say, you can't keep doing these stupid little backheel flicks, passing it to the, the ref running up and down the sideline. And you can't just keep kicking all of these corners, you know, too far or too short. Save it for the... Yeah, go on. So, so yeah, um, and also Mon gives why it can't shoot, unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, I think you've, you've got to be hard with them. You've got to be harsh, and they, as a player, should have a competitive edge, and they should want to try and do better to get back into the team. Can Can I just add to that? That was yeah. that something else as well. If you're Danilo, you're you're a, an excellent football player. You're now fit and ready and rearing to go. You've been doing brilliantly in training. And you sit there and you see a guy in your position make a mistake. What message does it send to Danilo if you don't play him? Oh, all right. So he can make a mistake. It don't matter then. No. All right. Let me, let me, have, that let me have that competition. Dominguez is not finished. It, you know, we've got a player in Danilo that I think deserves to be given a chance now that, now that Dominguez has made a mistake. Mm. And if Danilo makes a mistake, then you bring Dominguez in if he's proven it, you know, he's got the mentality. And, and also, it's, it's Cooper nah. kind of being ruthless, and I think that's what we need. Go on, Libby. I want to I hear what you say, and then I'll have my piece on this. But go on, what, would, what do you think? I, I, I feel if we were to set that precedent of you, if you make a mistake, we're going to open the door for someone else to come in. We're going to have a revolving door of 11 players starting every single game. We're never going to have a consistent team, which is what we were begging out for for the entirety of last season. Stop the amount of times that we, 
But we could not predict the team last year. We could not predict who was going to be. You could you could probably do him well if you managed to guess five players who were starting a game last season. And we saw how detrimental that was to us trying to build a squad. And it finally came to fruition right at the end of the season. So now we've got a core of three midfielders who we all feel, yes, we these three are starting midfielders. We've now just about got two starting centre-backs and a back four. So now we've just kind of got a couple more pieces. Once Callum Hudson, the door is back in the team. Right, who are we going to try and pick as our front three? And then we've got a starting eleven who we want to start playing every single game. If we're swapping players out one for one because they make a single mistake, we're going straight back to where we were at the end of last season. But, but I, I'm sorry. We're not saying that. We're oh, not saying no, that. You definitely have to try and make improvements. And that's why I'm looking forward to Danilo being back to full strength because then he can compete between him and Dominguez. But if you're suggesting just taking no, Dominguez no, 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 completely no, 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 no. out because of a single mistake, that no, is no, no, awful. no, 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 no. My point is with, with Danilo. Aina made a dreadful mistake. I wouldn't consider dropping him because we've got nobody better. Because it didn't lead to a goal. Because it didn't lead to a goal. Even if it led to a goal, we have got, in my opinion, we have got nobody better or as good to come in for Aina. With Dominguez, in my opinion only, Danilo is as good or better to come in. That's the difference. I'm not saying it's because he made one mistake. I'm saying it's because we've got a player there that's waiting to come in that I think is a better player. Uh, yeah, it's only my opinion. I, I think for me... I, I'm I don't, not saying I don't mean... every mistake means you don't play. Because as I say, yeah. I ain't a it's, dreadful it's more, it's more the form of the whole game. His form in that whole half as, as the half was not great. Not just the single mistake. Because he could have had yeah, a mistake. That was, that was because the mistake became two minutes in. If, if you drop an absolute clang like that two minutes in, you're going to be bricking it for the rest of the time thinking, how the hell am I going to recover from that? You're yeah. going to be constantly off of your game from that. So making that mistake so early was an absolute killer for his entire form. And that's why I don't, um, I have no negative want? feelings about him getting subbed at half time. Is that no, what we want? Him him and, and it's shit for the rest of the game. Is that mentality we need in the Premier League? Danilo no, but that, that, that's it's just yeah. human mentality. You can't really teach that out of someone unless they're like really top elite. That's why taking him off at half time was the right decision for last game. Holland misses more big chances than any other striker in the league. But look at his mentality. Another striker misses a chance and he drops to bits and can't finish for six months. Would you drop Holland? Scoring goals and scoring goals and conceding goals are completely different ends of the spectrum. Holland has twenty shots per game, so if he misses nineteen, he doesn't care. He knows he's going to score one. If you make a mistake in the midfield that directly leads to a goal. You know that is an awful mistake because you in the championship you could probably make that mistake 19, 20 times and you're gonna yeah. not concede a goal. But yeah. that's just the point I'm making. You're saying you're trying you're to not blame it back to what, on me, strikers. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not listening to what I'm saying. What okay, I'm saying talk. is what I'm saying is put and I keep saying my opinion is Danilo is a better player than Dominguez. So he sat there on the sidelines, he needs not it's a bit like with Turner and Vacadimus. Yeah. We all okay, to, yeah, like, a lot of people wanted Vlakadimus in. It was just a case of waiting for the for the right moment. Yeah, and with Dominguez, this is this is the moment. If he'd have had a fantastic I game, agree. we wouldn't be saying I this. Agree. It's it's the that, moment. That is... he's, he's let that he's let that door creak open that much for Danilo to come through. Now, if yeah, now, I'm not saying Dominguez is finished. I love the guy. I think he's a fantastic player. But, but you think Danilo, in my opinion, is a better player. 
Yeah, and that's that's all you had to say. If you'd have said that from the beginning, you think Dinino is a better player, done, yeah, fair enough. That's it. But I you didn't say that. You player. said Dominguez has made a mistake, so therefore he has to be replaced by Danilo, who you think is on par. Now you're saying Danilo is better. Completely different oh, switch. Yeah, I do. Think, yeah, I actually do think he's a bit better. But I wouldn't so have dropped Dominguez. You start. You if they were both fit and neither had made a mistake, you'd start Danilo every game. Can I throw another spanner in the works? I think Danilo is better than Mangala. So different position. Exactly. He's more attacking though. And that's, no. that's yeah, all right. Well, let's not throw that spanner in the works. I, I've got to say, I side with Lemmy on this one. I, I will say because I think it's more about form than mistakes. I agree at that point. Look, yeah. if you are going to say uh, you're going to breed the culture of one clanger and you're done, yeah. And hang on, hang on, hang on. no, I, I must no, uh, let me take let, no, 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 no. Let, let me just take something back. I maybe went over the top when I said one mistake and you're out. Okay, it was more to do with who you got coming in and giving what you're them saying, the opportunity. I get you saying it's like you're saying if Taiwo makes a mistake, you can and look the other it. way because he's better yeah. than what we've got. Yeah, you're saying if um, if Tuslo makes a mistake, well, we've got Nico Williams, chuck him in. You're saying based on position. I get that. As an example, I'm not saying necessarily, yeah? But uh, my point here is you don't want nervous wrecks on the pitch who are more worried about making a mistake than they are about trying and making a mistake. I will always back a player who makes a mistake because they're trying to advance the ball or to create a chance and that causes a mistake rather than someone... Because what you could end up with in this scenario... Is safe play. Let's just pass the ball sideways. Let's just pass it back to the goalkeeper. Yeah, and that achieves nothing because it can breed that. I get your point, and I get your point. But I think for me, if Dominguez plays the next game and he does another clanger or he has another bad half, yeah, then you start looking at it and thinking, okay, this is now a trend rather than an anomaly. That's where I am with it. I would have absolutely zero problem with Dominguez starting the next game. I'm not screaming for him to be kicked out. I'm just saying it's opened the door for Danilo to come in. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But the chat have spoken and the chat have said 62% would start Dominguez in the next game. 37% saying Danilo. So um, they're more side... Yeah, they're more siding on Lemmy than and and. Uh, well, that's, no, that's fair. I, I keep saying I love Dominguez. I know. I I know. Just, I it's know. just Danilo goggles, you know. <laughs> So guys, so just so we can confirm, Ant has a Dominguez issue now. Ant has Dominguez. It's because he's been breathing in all those bubbles all day, practicing that song he was singing. Let's not mention. Let's not mention bubbles again. Okay. Yeah, please, please. Let's let's talk on to the big one here. Morgan Gibbs White. Who wants chat? Get it off your chest, what you want to say. But let me start with this, okay? There's a lot of people who say Morgan gibbs is our best player, is our most skillful player, this, that, and the other. And I fully accept it, and I don't actually argue with that. But what I will say is he should be under the most scrutiny because we did overpay for him because Wolves didn't want to sell him. Therefore, at 40 million, 35, 42, whatever the price is, he has to be man enough to take any criticism that's leveled to him. Crypto, you said earlier on about um, Steve Cooper building the team around him. In a way, 
I kind of agree. But if he is, he's goddamn well doing it wrong. Because why is he building a team around a player and putting that player he's building it around out of position? Would be yeah, my yeah, point yeah. on that. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Who wants to, who wants to kick this one off? Because it is a sensitive subject. But well, uh, how how are uh, your thoughts? On- I'll kick it off. I think oh. I agree that he's he's being played out of position, which is not not really fair. Because for me, he's better through the middle. Um, and to be fair, when you are as skillful as Morgan Gibbs White, when you're running at someone through the middle, it's easier than just trying to beat someone with pace down mm. down the wing. I'm not sure for me giving him the captain's armband was was the right idea. I think that gives him almost like a free pass to think, right, I'm the captain now. Um, you know, if I have a bad game, it doesn't really matter. I I I like captains to be centre back, so I would have given it to Nia Carte. Personally, yeah, I think Nick Carter is pretty consistent every every game. Um, the thing that's starting to frustrate me with Morgan Gibbs-White is, and people have mentioned this in the chat, when he's trying to do these stupid passes, like he had his back turned to the ball and he tries to kick it back and he just kicked out of play. It's a wasted opportunity um, and there's no need to do it. And I don't, I don't really understand why he has to feel the need that, you know, he could have just turn around and passed it to the guy instead of trying to back flick it to him. Really um, the other thing that really annoys me is his corners. You know, there was a corner. <laughs> it was funny yesterday because I sat there, first corner from Morgan Gibbs White, and I said to my said to my dad, This is gonna be bad. And, he, and my dad said, Oh, I don't I don't know why everybody says he's bad at corners. First corner, first man, doesn't be the first man. Second corner nearly goes out of play on the other side of the pitch because it goes too far. He just, he's, as someone who's the the kind of set piece taker, I would have thought that he could get it within a, you know, a seven to eight yard space in the middle of the box pretty consistently. Um, and his shooting is awful. His, his shooting went, in, went into to Rosette. I feel like there's better players on the pitch in regards to um, crossing. For me, Top I probably put... Toffolo, yeah. I put Toffolo should be taking corners and free kicks. 100%. Because every every ball that Toffolo puts into the box, um, you know, lands on someone's head. What is it? Three assists in the last two games. Um, even someone like Serge Aurier can can put a better ball in than than Mon Gibbs White. So look, I, again, it's not it shouldn't really be Mon Gibbs White to run down the wing and put balls in. That's the thing. Because he's not that type of player. He's a number 10. He should go through the middle. But if he's being trained to do that as a professional footballer, I would have thought that he would be able to to put it somewhere close to where it needs to be. Go on, Joe, jump in. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I think in terms of dead balls, we've had a a full season of it now. We've not really seen any kind of fruition from it. So having him on every single free kick in a corner seems a little bit over the top. We have to start exploring other avenues. I think like you guys have said, Toffolo, he needs to be given at least a chance on one side for corners just to see what we can do, just to see if we can curl it in from different angles because as a left-footed, he can curl it in from one side and then Morgan gives what can take it as the other. We're trying to phase it out a bit. I feel that has to be the way forward and I'm pretty sure everyone in this chat and on the panel agrees he has to be starting to be phased away from dead balls. In terms of him on the pitch and as a captain, I do think he is still probably Forrest's best player, technically, on the pitch. 
what he does in terms of these fancy flicks and passes, he has to start phasing that out as well because mm. it's awful. It's it is so frustrating. He's almost like ninety percent of the way there to being a really top class player for Forest. Like we've seen it in the stats, he's pretty much top of the leaderboard for every single stat. I'm pretty sure in terms of shots, assists, chances created, passes created, he's top of every single stat. But it's these every single time he gets the ball and he releases it, and if it's just like a silly flick on pass or something that goes into nothing, just gives the ball away for absolutely no reason. That's what is infuriating. But the amount of time that he gets on the ball and he he is our creative outlet. And if he's playing in the middle with Hudson Adoy and Alangro on the wings and one in front of him, I'm pretty sure that is where Cooper saw it while trying to build a team around him. I'm almost confident that is what he was aiming for. And having mm-hmm. Hudson Adoy out after a couple of games has completely killed that. Um, although, although if you did that, you'd have to drop one of the midfielders. Yeah, 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 he would. He definitely would, but I'm pretty sure that was his vision when he was trying to build this team. Um, whether yeah. he's not recruiting enough wingers to fulfil that vision is another question. But I wouldn't have, th- I wouldn't have thought that his Cooper's plan was to adapt Morgan Gibbs White to start playing out on the wing. Um, it would have been keep him in that cam role and build wingers around him, and then yeah. have a striker up front and play a flat four in the back. Um, I think playing in that position, we are we are, we will see the best out of him. He is just having he has to cut some of these silly mistakes that he's making out of his game and start phasing him out from dead balls. Yeah, uh, taking the piss out of you a bit. Let me in the chat with your Dalek voice and your Gary Bertel style camera. But I say yeah, thank you. Been the effort in from Scotland, boys. One thing just to praise Mum gives white on. Just, just before, just before you praise him, Nikki, I'm really sorry. I was going to bring this up and then the flow of the conversation kept going. But thank you so much for the 199. Uh, thumbs up for the time you put in to entertain us. I'm glad someone finds it entertaining, bro. And uh, I'm trying to keep through the comments. They're absolutely flying through right now. So if there's any important points you want to raise, just like Nikki, chuck in a super chat. It really does help us with all our production costs. And do as I've done. Hit the like. And yeah, we've got like 250 in here, but 81 likes. Take a quick second. It's free to do. This one doesn't cost you a penny. Hit that like button. And if you're new to Forest Fan TV, make sure you're subscribed as well. Um, go on, Crypto. You're going to praise him on something and I want to get Ant's thoughts on MG. Yeah, so I was just going to say, I noticed that yesterday he was tracking back a bit more. In one of the previous streams, we, we criticized him for not tracking back at all. Uh, yesterday, he seemed to to come back and, and help the defence out sometimes, which I think is a is a good thing. Sorry, Eddie, so funny. <laughs> okay, um, Garnan, what, what was your take on him? Because I'll be honest with you, you and Ez are probably the first two that started to get twingy about MGW last season. And it's all yeah. stuff you were saying last year that, to be fair to you guys, we are still seeing this year. Um, did funny. that... Gone. No, gone. I'll say it's funny you should say that because my first sentence was going to be, you know, here we go again. It's the same old thing, isn't it? We're all saying the same thing over and over again. He's got talent. He's got a lot of promise. He's got a lot of potential. He has His stats are good, which surprised me, to be honest. Um, but the flicks and tricks. Twice yesterday. Was it yesterday? It seems ages ago. Yeah, Twice yesterday. He did totally 
unnecessary back heels. Now, back heels, A, they get far too much praise because they're dead easy to do. The back heel is dead easy. And B, why is he doing them when you don't need to do them? You're not fooling anybody. And there was, I think, one yesterday in particular where it was just ridiculous. I know you're going to say. He, he placed it more. And I thought, why have you done that? He must have been told. He must have been. Because all everybody, not just us on the panel, but people in the chat and elsewhere are saying, cut out the flicks and tricks. Wolves fans, cut out the flicks and tricks. Yeah. And, and is he ignoring instructions? Can he just not help himself? But he's not. But there's still this, and I think what might not be good for him, is still this media loving with him. He still gets man of the match every time he steps onto the football pitch. You know, Morgan Gibbs White. You talk to other fans, oh, Morgan Gibbs White. And they're thinking, obviously there's potential there. And I'm sick of saying it. And I and I think we have another big problem is Steve Cooper bought him. He must have had a plan in mind. Mm. That plan's gone because the plan must have been to play him as a number 10. We ain't playing in number 10. Nobody's playing in number 10. So what do we do with him? Is an expensive player. He's got loads of talent. He has got good stats. What do we do with him? Oh, shit. I know. Hudson Adoy's out. We'll stick him on the right this game. What happens when Hudson Adoy comes back? Where are we going to put him then? Who are you going to drop and put him in? Because we will. We will drop him somebody and we will put him in somewhere no matter what. I've got, I've got an idea, Ann. Drop Morgan Gibbs White. Well, you see, when you say drop Morgan Gibbs White, people think you're a hater, you don't want him. No, no that's I'm not just the saying case. For a, few, a few games, yeah, if a player's not doing well, we're talking about earlier, so just to prove a point and say you need to do better because you're not really in form at the moment and it's not acceptable the way you're playing. I, I fully agree with that. I wouldn't argue with that at all for, for two reasons. One, when Cooper did actually grow a pair and drop him, even though it was for half a game. Yeah. When he came on in that second half, he yeah, came he on. Play and I would argue that was his best performance of the season so far. And, and secondly, I'm sorry, it's square pegs and round holes with Morgan Gibbs. And I love the guy, man. I think he is way beyond talented compared to a lot of the rest of our squad. But he can't be bigger than the team. And it, it brings us on to this corner debate, boys, because oh, yeah. it's if it's clear to us and it's clear to the chat and it's clear to anyone who has differing views to each other, I think one unanimous thing across the Forest fan base, in S and I put a poll on the community tab, so make sure you've uh, participated in that because I am going to send that to the club. So if you haven't voted on that, vote it. I know it's a small thing. I know it's a small thing with these corners. And I don't actually think no, he was not small. It's, it's no, massive. It could lead to goals. It's massive. No, no, no. What I'm saying is dead, it's, ball, it's dead a small change. No, no. Let me create. I'm saying it's a small change. Yeah. Three percent of the time, the massive. It's a three percent change according That's to you, Ant. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but um, my, look, my point here is like this is something that's easily changed. Is it now? If we're all seeing this, and I'm sure, I'm sure the guys who do the data analysis at Forest and everything can see it. Is this now a case of Morgan Gibbs-White kind of digging his heels in and saying, no, I want the corners, I can produce the corners, and is he now becoming a little bit bigger than he should be in terms of this? Does that, does that kind of make sense? Um, yeah, but think... just, Yeah, just on it's on this Morgan Gibbs-White corner thing. Should he be on corners or not? Because it's frustrating me. And what I will say is, yeah. yes, the flicks and tricks are annoying. 
I have never seen anyone backheel a ball in football before and hit their other leg when they backheel it. That was a new one to me yesterday when he did that. But I don't think he had a terrible performance yesterday either. Um, but it's highlighted. The problem he's got right now is he's yeah. highlighted on the corners and he's highlighted for every trick and flick that doesn't come off. Yeah, he, he would do better off just playing the simple passes. You know, going back to outside the boot one, if he wants to do it, that through ball through, which I haven't seen a lot of this season. But mm. is he getting bigger than his station in terms of he has to come off corners? He has to. It's, it's been like this for over a season now. We were saying the mm. same thing last season. I mean, if, if, if let's say, you know, I, I think he is the penalty taker. Let's say he misses 100 penalties in a row. Would, would you keep him on there? It's a similar thing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, good point. That's a great he, point. He, he, you know, nine out of 10 corners don't go into the center of the box, oh. either fall short or go too far. I do think there's a bit of a captain's curse because Worrell went mm -hmm. downhill. Aurier became captain. Aurier's fallen off. Morgan Gibbs White's wow. now captain. It's I don't know. Yeah. Is it extra pressure? Maybe it's maybe it's just me. But I, I don't yeah. think he's been any. I don't think he's been any worse with the captaincy. No. But I tell you what. You know what? It's frustrating as well. I absolutely love the way that Toffolo can put those yeah, balls Toffolo, in. And Cooper himself has said he's the best cross, and I believe him. Absolutely yeah. believe him. He's the best crosser. So why is your best crosser not taking corners and free kicks? Don't get mm. it. That's got to be yeah. that. I'm kind of thinking that is Morgan saying, no, I'm taking them. Yeah, exactly. Just be the next person jumps in. A couple of you are saying, where's the um, poll? I've just pinned the link to you there. So make sure you vote. Because honestly, this corner thing is frustrating me. I'll, I will get it sent off to the powers that be. Um, so get your votes in. Um, what did crack me up? I think it was Keith, if I remember rightly, put a comment in there. Because at the moment, the poll is nearly a thousand voted. 84% have said someone else. And also what I've said as well in the comments, put in who you think should replace them. It's all well and good saying, no, not him. But who should it be? What I couldn't believe was 16% said, yes, fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, as we always say on here. But I really thought that would be one of our most polarized, not polarized, lack of polarization in the polls. But it's interesting to see. So get your votes in on that one. Are you guys all in unison that you think Tuffalo should be on corners in swinging and out swinging? At least yeah. one side. Or you put Serge Aurier on, on the other side. Because there's been a few suggestions. I'll give you the names that people have commented on. If you have said Einar, would any of you take Einar on corners? Can, can, so, we, can, we, can we possibly expand this to corners and free kicks? Yeah, yeah, fine. Dead balls. Let's just call them dead balls. Dead balls yeah. And don't don't let him shoot either. <laughs> no flicks and tricks. <laughs> What's he got left? What's he got left? Okay. Don't let him run. Can run with the run. ball, but he can't pass it. Can't shoot with it. Yes, let someone take it from his feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, is a few suggestions. So Big Mart saying Tuffalo, Nico Williams. Aurier, Murillo. I think Dino, shout out to... There he is. He just, just, I said it. Dino's saying Murillo's best passer in the club. I think I, Dino I, would have Murillo on corners. I, I, I definitely wouldn't do that, though, because if same. they break, break away, you've got you've got yeah. a centre. Uh, like uh, yeah, but same with Toffolo, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but Toffolo is more of a, a winger, isn't he? And Murillo, it should be there covering the centre of the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's a centre-back, not a left back or, or are they not allowed to just I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe they're not 
can we just get near Carte to take throwings from the corner? Because his throwing, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. Near Carte's throwings are genuinely better into the box. Oh yeah, they are. The more although they've not been as good at this season, he's not getting that flatness before he was flat. He doesn't take a run up anymore. He just throws it. No, I know. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? He never Whereas took a run. He, he never took a run up. Yeah. He, he always just took yeah, it from a standing right. point with the elbow yeah, injury yeah. pre-season. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Okay, so guys, get your votes in on there. Look, um, we're not having the well, I guess we are having a we're critiquing walking gives right is the right way to say it, but honestly, it is getting frustrating. Um, all right, last po- topic we've got for you guys tonight is expectations. This one's a funny one because there are certain people who are telling everyone what their expectations should be. Rather than just saying you're a fan and you can create your own expectations, because at the end of the day, if you think we're going to win the league or get relegated, it doesn't really matter. It's your opinion. Uh, there's only one opinion that matters, and of course, that's Maranakis's. But I do want to have a bit of fun with this one. <laughs> Definitely not yours. I want to have fun a, a bit of fun with this one because we're now a quarter wave through the season. It's the bloody international break. Last one, I think, until Feb or March, something like that. Where are we in relation to your expectations and where should we be or where do you want us to be? So uh, let's kick this one off with you. Uh, and we'll kick this one off with you. And then we'll work 12 around. 14, 12 to 14th, I'd be okay with. Are we where you want us to be right now? No, because we've chucked points away. <laughs> no, not one, probably where we should. Where we should be probably is the right way of asking it. Uh, I refer you to my earlier answer. No, okay. because we've chucked, chucked points away. Yeah, but we have gained points. We shouldn't, and be, we shouldn't gained... be drawing at home to Luton. We shouldn't be yeah. struggling against whoever else we've struggled against at home. I've been to all the games, I can't remember. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be losing 2-0 up to Man United. Yeah. yeah but a, should yeah. we be winning away at Stamford Bridge? We've won. We've won two games, I believe, in twenty-six, which is an awful statistic. It's the worst away record, joint with Rotherham, in all football leagues over the last eighteen months in England. That is a problem right now, isn't it, boys? This away. Are how, we? How long, is this... how long? How long can you keep going, saying, "Well, we're doing better. We're performing better." Oh, and keep losing. How long can you do that for before you think, hang on, hang on. It's all right saying it's getting better, but we're still getting no points. I don't know how long that goes for. For me, that, that argument doesn't wash because it, it's a bit like it's, it's a bit like when you look back and remain like uh, let me how far back can I go? What's my I'll, I'll the man you forest game two one back in the day, yeah. If you ask me now, how did we play? Were we an improved team on the game before or after? I can't remember. All I remember is the goals and the scoreline. So why is it that, you know, yeah, we lost to um, West Ham 4-0 last season. We only lost to them 3-2. As far as I'm concerned, we got the same amount of points out of that game last year as we did this season. Why are people looking beyond it? I don't mind a comparison to a previous game or a previous four or five games, but I didn't hear anyone last year comparing where we were last year to the season before when we were in the championship in terms of performances. So I, this one doesn't fire. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, how do you see it, Lemmy? You're as a voice of reason on this one. Where are you with expectations and performances, etc.? Um, 
I feel like I'm going to be the uh, I'm going to get absolutely flogged here as the optimist. Um, no, I, I feel I, I, I feel we are on par, and I, I know that's going to. Pro- it, I don't like saying that because I feel like we've got a much stronger squad than where we should be in the league. Um, I feel the way that we're playing is representative of we should be much higher up in the league. But in terms of um, how we're playing, like you said, playing this season to last season, I feel. Especially on the last two games, at least, we've. I feel we have to have set a precedent now where no team is going to be able to come know that they're playing against Nottingham Forest and feel like they've got a comfortable three points. Mm. The amount of times last season that we just got absolutely dicked 3 0, 4 0, 5 0, 6 0, it didn't matter who was playing us, they all felt there's three points here. Now, I, I feel like, especially after the last two games, we've kind of set set our stake in the ground and said we are a Premier League team we can get three points from this game like yesterday arguably we probably should have at least taken a point a point probably didn't feel like it was enough especially after going 2-1 up away from Mm -hmm. home three points was there to be taken how many times could we have said last season three points is there to be taken Uh, you're probably counting on a single hand how many times you felt there was a comfortable point where, yeah, we should probably be able to take three points here. So that's where the progression is. I know it's not being seen in the points yet, but I don't judge our progression on points. It's all right. Start of the season. I said, I feel we'll have made a significant step forwards. If we've got a strong, solid starting 11, who we can rely on game in game out and consistently pick that team. Cause that's then going to develop the form. And if we can start cutting out all of these injuries that we just seem to be plagued by all the time, we've not quite got across that point yet, but we have made a significant step forward in these um, last few games, at least. We've got a start in 11. I feel we've got a formation now that we're going to be able to play. We don't have to play five at the back against any team now, really. I feel we can play four at the back and start putting our, putting our stake in the ground and say, yeah, we are a Premier League team. We're here to play for three points. And we are going to do that in every single game. We're not going to win every single game. That would be ludicrous to possibly think that. But we have an expectation now where we can think we can win every single game. Mm-hmm. So that is where our progression is. We're not, we, we can't get relegated this season. So we just have to be looking at how we're going to be able to start taking points away from home and start moving up the table. But if we finish below the top, if we finish in the bottom half, I won't be t- tremendously upset. As the balanced approach, I, I don't mind. I don't necessarily agree. What about you, Crypto? For me, it's always been, I think you should be able to beat, whether it's home or away, you should be able to beat the teams on paper who really should beat. And then every other team is, you know, you're hoping to win, you're hoping to get points out of the matches. Somewhere around mid-table. The thing is, we've got a really good team on, you know, on a sheet of paper, you write down all of our players. It's definitely a mid-table team. And I think if, if Cooper employs this formation and tactics going forward, I think we will end up better than last season. Um, so, yeah, I think our my expectations for me at the moment is I'd, I think we should have won the Man United match. I don't think we should have lost that. We definitely should have beat Luton at home. So we should be at least, you know, two to four points ahead, shall we say, um, which would put, put us a couple of places higher. I think in, in regards to finishing the season, then somewhere around, you know, 10th would, would be where I'd be aiming for. 
with you know the long-term vision whether it's four or five seasons in has got to be Europe Europe basically um it's not going to happen straight away but it's got to be it's got to be the vision otherwise you're just a, a mid-table team for the rest of time which Crystal which is Palace. a bit boring really Crystal Palace yeah um this is for you crypto from Ant the Hat uh, thank you so much for the four ninety nine, bro. Crypto, what is Stephen Reed's job? Why is he not back next to Cooper? Crypto, you can give him a, a shout out, and uh, you can ask I'll, him. I'll, I'll walk questions. upstairs and ask him. Um, I, I mean, I would have liked his job to have been, you know, kind of the alter ego to Cooper almost. If if Cooper thinks we should sit back and low block, then Stephen Reed thinks we should play one at the back and four up front. Uh, maybe it's happened. I don't know, but I'll, I'll try and find out. I believe, and I believe his job is you're going to love this set pieces. I think I'm. I'm not sure. I hope it's not because he literally said to me, "What's when I asked him what's the problem?" He said, "Set pieces." So I hope he's not the set pieces coach. Set pieces coach. Uh, but I'm not sure on that. I remember hearing that a few weeks back. Um, okay, one final thing I want to address. There's so many more talking points, but we're running way over schedule. This is the um, last thing. Elanga's celebration. Chat, did it piss you off or were you fine with it? Um, let me. I mean, it didn't piss me off at the time, but it definitely set us up for taking a few uh, stinkers today when you just see his social media. He's set himself up for taking a couple on the, a couple of powders, doesn't he? So... It, it felt like a bit of an overreaction, and it, it, it's that is kind of what I'm alluding to. We're reacting like we've just won like the World Cup final there, but in the, by scoring in the 60th minute, it, it seems completely over the top. But yeah, um, I don't know what the fucking hell's happening with this world. Since when have the celebration please been top fucking dogs? I fucking loved it. I wish he'd have ran around the entire stadium, took all his clothes off, done some backward somersaults and fucking punched David Moyes. I fucking loved it, man. Celebrate when you score. You know, when I go to a football game, the best part of a football game is just scoring. And I don't fucking care about what anybody else thinks. I love it. I fucking love it, right? <laughs> when you score, especially when you've gone ahead, Especially when you're away from home, fucking celebrate. If you come back to bite you in the ass, okay, so what? Don't matter, let's move on. Fucking loved it, mate. Celebrate. <laughs> Crypto. Yeah, I I like the passion. I prefer it over a one year celebration who kind of just stands there and, and smiles. I, I do I do enjoy the passion. Also, uh, you know, I I don't know how many people saw it, but there was a video that Forrest released on YouTube a few days ago with a lad from Spain coming over. Yeah. And Alang Alanga was really, really good in that in that video. So respect to him for for doing that. But yeah, I don't I don't mind it. It is a bit silly to get a yellow card so far. Yeah, far I agree with that. I match, agree with that. Um, because it could have I, I say it could have cost us a game. It cost us a game anyway, because because we're crap. But um but yeah I didn't I didn't mind it. I gotta say, have you, seen, have you seen fans when you score a goal? Have you actually ever looked at fans in the stadium when you score a goal? Even if it is two one with six with thirty minutes left, they go fucking crazy, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Let the players celebrate. You need, you need Let them celebrate. Oh, I love to see passion. He's playing for us. I love it. 
it, it does it does confuse me what crypto just said about like taiwo sometimes when he's not celebrating i'm wondering like has it actually gone in you know oh, like, oh, i fucking did, hate it does he know he's does he know he's offside does he know something we don't know kind of thing <laughs> I've got to yeah. say, the best bit of that Balanga celebration for me wasn't that he took his top off, but he took that stupid bra off, man. Thank God he took that off. I hate those bra things, man. They do my head in. They do my head in. But I don't mind it. And, you know, I mean, and you're spot on. We just shouted out and we scream. And, you know, I called the yeah. game done and then they literally scored as I said it. So, you know, come at me. Don't come at Alanga about it. Keep with the two pound crypto hunger shirt that way. So, uh, that way, because it says uh, actually, actually, Keith, it, it says Morgan Gibbs White, but I crossed it out and wrote JWP. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for the two pound crypto. Uh, sorry, crypto Keith, even. Um, I think we'll wrap it up now. Hopefully, the stream has cheered you up a bit. Um, probably hasn't, but look, you got two weeks to recover from it. There are still plenty of videos coming out on the channel this week. Please make sure you vote on that poll because I really want to send that to the club. Um, and kind of get their thoughts on it as well. Who knows? Maybe they don't even consider it a thing. But uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic stream. Sorry we've overrun. We'll be back with a couple of videos tomorrow and throughout the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Get those likes up. Hit it if you haven't already. Subscribe if you're new. Come on, you Reds. You Reds. You Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.